I've been watching baptisms, baptizing people for 30 years, and I never get tired of seeing that. That's so cool, isn't it? And the fact that Enrique was there, and then he was there, whatever. Good morning. Uh, if I haven't met you yet, my name is John Cavell. I get to serve as one of the pastors here. And we are continuing the series that Caleb introduced a few weeks ago called this Grace in an Age of Outrage. Grace in an Age of Outrage. And each message is basically expanding on a thought or a statement about who believers are to be in this age of outrage. Caleb started off by saying that we were our name bearers and then we are ambassadors. And today I am going to be talking about the idea that we are peace bringers. And uh, I came up with that title because we first thought, talked about being peacemakers, but I like words that people don't already have a definition for. <laughs> you know, I like using a title so that people don't already go, oh, I know what he's going to talk about. No, you don't. So uh, today, now on, the, on your way out in the back, you may want to pick up one of these cards. There's tables near the exits, and this just has all of the affirmations that we're touching on uh, in this series, and it's something you can just put as a reminder of what the, what the things are that we've been going through. So I have a friend named Mike, and Mike is totally blind. And uh, we used to get together once a week. I would pick him up in the morning, and we'd go to breakfast, and then I'd drop him off at work. And every time he would get out of the car, he'd go, I'll see you later, and shut the door. And I would drive away thinking, no, you won't. <laughs> but he would always say that. He used to be able to see, and now he's blind, but he always said, see you later. And so he continues to say, see you later. One time I dropped him off. And I said, appropriately, I'll see you later. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I'll see you later. Drive safely. And I go, you too. And then he shut the door. <laughs> we say things a lot, sometimes out of habit, often without thinking because it sounds right or it's what we were thinking in the moment. <laughs> you know, I don't know, guys, if you had a dad like mine, but somewhere around age 13, my dad said, John, just because you're thinking it doesn't mean you should say it. Did anybody ever hear that from their parent? Okay, there's four of us that share my pain. I shared that with my son. I still try to remind myself of that sometimes. And my wife sometimes will say, just because you're thinking it doesn't mean you should say it. And she's usually right. But that's the thing, whether it's outrage or whether it's joy, but when it comes to outrage and when it comes to this issue of peace, peace is either dismantled or created most often through our words, through things that we say. If there is no peace and we are going to create peace, it'll often happen as a result of conversation. Someone will say something to another person in an effort to create peace. 
If peace is dismantled in a situation and conflict is created, often it's because somebody said something. Ever been at that family gathering and somebody said that thing to the other person and then it changed and it became that thing that happened that one time, you remember? You know, the incident (laughs) or whatever you want to call it. Well, you remember that one time? Don't even go there. You know, we've all had those conversations. Everybody knows what you're talking about except somebody who's new in the room. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? But it's often done through conversations and through words. And in 1 Peter, we're going to jump off of 1 Peter 2 in verse 16, and it says this. As God's slaves, live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a way to conceal evil. As God's slaves, live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a way to conceal or excuse or permit something that's wrong. Let me give you an example. We live in a world where it's legal to be a jerk. It is. No one's going to arrest you or call the cops when you're being a stupid jerk. And you're saying stupid, mean-spirited, condescending things that no one really has to say and there's no purpose for, and it's not helping. You're just, you know, someone's being like that. You can do that. You're allowed in this world that we live in. And that's the type of point that Peter is trying to make here is saying, look, you're God's slaves. You're free, but don't just use your freedom just because something is allowed Don't use that as an excuse or permission or a free pass to do something that is destructive, unhealthy, hurtful towards someone else or towards yourself. Social media. I'm going to talk about that a lot today. Personally, I'm a pretty shallow social media user. I really am. I mean, most of the reason I go on like Facebook, and I do go on Facebook, is I've got a few friends that post stuff that I find interesting, okay? Uh, I like guitars and technology, so I'm in several groups where they talk about stuff like that, okay? And then my grandchildren have pictures on there sometimes, like their parents post things. I'm always interested in that. And so I'm pretty shallow. I don't post, oh, and then I'll post things like I'm preaching or something like that. That's about as serious as it gets. I don't post political rants or sociological commentary, not because I don't have opinions. I'm just not interested in voicing them there. But apparently, a lot of people that I know and are my friends, as far as Facebook world is concerned, they're posting stuff all the time. And so, you know, sometimes I read it and it's like, ugh, ouch. I mean, I see adult women posting things especially about other women who have maybe some kind of public eye on them that sound like junior high mean girls now no offense if there's any junior high mean girls here you know hey just no judgment here i'm just just saying okay And then I'll see men post things that if you walked up to that guy and said this to his face, he would punch you and nobody would blame him. But then for some reason, it's okay 
when you're just, you know, sitting behind your computer keyboard or your iPad or your phone or, you know, so you're doing this. Or if you're like my stepmother, she does her phone as if it's on fire. You know, it's like, stop it. Anyway, she might watch this. Now I'm in trouble. (laughs) But so the question today, the thing that I want to talk about this is a question to challenge you with. Am I a peace bringer? Am I a peace bringer? Do I bring peace wherever I go or wherever I am? I've talked to a few people about this and just said, hey, you know, I noticed you say some, some pretty uh, uh, aggressive things and like that. And here's some of the stuff that I hear back, okay? I have the right to say what I want, okay? Legally, sure, okay, yeah, I have the right to say it's a free country. I can say whatever I want. Well, yeah, and somebody might punch you in the throat. Then it said, then one person said, well, public figures and anyone posting on social media is, and this is the word, free game. A free game? That sounds like a hunting term. You know, free game. So that just means if somebody posts something on Facebook, then they're basically saying, okay, everybody make fun of me, um, you know, insult me, talk to me, like, you know, whatever. Then another person said, well, if you were thinking for yourself, you'd agree with me. Let that wash over you for a second. And I said, well, I agree with the first part of your statement, but not the second part. (laughs) I said, I'm all for thinking for myself. I don't think I'm ever going to agree with you. (laughs) Um, And then someone said, I'm not saying anything worse than what other people are saying. Did you ever hear that one? I'm not saying anything worse than what other people are saying. You know, the problem is you got to ask yourself, what if I'm the, the one that other people are comparing themselves to? Like, what if somebody said, yeah, I'm not doing anything more stupid than Cavell over there. It's like, wait, huh, what? (laughs) I don't want to be that guy. None of us does. So here's the deal. The Bible says this. When there are many words, sin is unavoidable. That's good news for you right now. Not so much for me. So according to this, you're going to hear me say many words for the next few minutes. So apparently it's quite likely you're going to see me sin because sin is unavoidable where there's many words. I'm going to say many words, probably about 3,000 or so by the time we're done. So you've been warned, okay? You've been warned. But it's interesting because then the Bible says this, be angry and do not sin. So where there are many words, sin is unavoidable. But if you're going to get angry, don't sin. Well, uh, okay. How do I get angry without spitting out a whole bunch of words? Good point. Good point. But that's the challenge. That's the standard. So many people have just lowered the bar and said, hey, if you're angry, if you're thinking it, say it. Just say it. But then God says something else. Blessed are those who seek or start arguments and inflame conflict. What? 
Maybe I got that wrong. Because some of you were going, dude, cool. I'm there. I'm already there. I've been there. <laughs> Just waiting for God's word to catch up. <laughs> nope. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called children of God. Have you ever had anybody surprised? If you are a Christ follower, have you ever encountered somebody who was surprised you were a Christ follower? I remember one time I was in a small group with some people that were in a former college group that I went to when I first started discovering my faith in Christ. And she goes, oh, yeah, we remembered you from high school. And everybody goes, what is he doing here? And I'm like, thanks. Yeah, sounds just like Jesus, huh? So here's the thing. Blessed are the peace bringers, for they will be called children of God. How often, or let me ask it this way. How many of you have ever prayed, a little, little vulnerability, transparency, it's just between you and me, okay, it stays right here. How many of you have ever prayed or hoped that God would bless you? Okay, so far about maybe a little over half the room, okay. Okay, the rest of you just really don't want to or, you know. How many of you ever had somebody pray that God would bless you? Okay, good. You're a lot more popular than the other group because only about four people raise their hand and like, you need better friends. <laughs> so if you want to be blessed, here's God saying, this is how you do it. This is one way to do it. Be a peacemaker. Be a peace bringer. God says he'll bless you. This is an easy one. You know, this is like free food. God says he'll bless you if you want to be a peace bringer. So if you want to be a peace bringer, first thing you got to do is you got to own it. If you want to be a peace bringer, you got to own it. Romans chapter 12 says, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Well, I would love to live at peace with everyone, but there's a lot of people who are jerks and stupid. Yeah. Well, so far as it depends on the jerks and stupid people or so far as it depends on you. In recovery circles, they'll often illustrate this by saying, you know, clean your side of the street instead of thinking about what's on the other side. So far as it depends on you, and it may mean that you have to work to be at peace with somebody who is not at peace with you. But so far as it depends on you, you own it. I own my situation. We each have to own our own situations and challenge ourselves. So far as it depends on me, am I doing what I can do to be at peace with everyone? That may not put anyone else at peace with me. But am I doing what I can do? Am I owning it? Okay. Owning it also includes not judging other people or using other people as your leverage. Well, I would love to be at peace with everyone, but what about the things that this person does? What about the, the injustices connected to this person? What about the illicit activities? Well, what about all the whatabouts? There's a hundred of them. But 
but none of them prevent us from doing whatever we can. And God's word never prohibits speaking against injustice, speaking against corruption. The Bible is full of prophets who spoke against injustice and corruption. But that's a much different thing than speaking against an individual on a personal level, judging motives, throwing insults, and judging on a personal level. That's a different thing. And we have to own the responsibility to make the decision to control what we say, how we say it, to whom we say it, and about whom we say it. So that we can stand before God and say, as far as it depends on me, I'm at peace with everyone and anyone. If you want to be a peacemaker, check your intent. When you get into a conversation, especially if you initiate a conversation, whether it's online or in person, are you looking for an argument? Are you looking for a debate? Are you intentionally bringing something up with someone with whom you know you would disagree because you think you have information for them that's going to help them somehow? Is that really your intent? In Philippians, the Apostle Paul writes, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, he gave up his right to be known and worshipped as God, emptied himself into human form, even that of a slave. And what this is describing is the God of the universe, the creator, sustainer of all things, who created each individual person, including you, because he wanted to. That he loves each individual person, including you, because he chooses to. That the God of the universe in heaven, where he is known for who he is, worshipped by creation and angelic beings, poured himself into human form, where he was misunderstood, misrepresented, despised, accused of things he never did, arrested for crimes he never committed, went through a mock trial, sentenced to death, and hanging on a Roman cross in a beaten and humiliated, rejected state. Every sin ever committed by every person who's ever lived was laid on him. That's what you couldn't see. What they could see was the broken, bloodied body hanging on the cross, What they couldn't see was my sin, every sin I've ever committed, every sin you've ever committed, every sin anyone's ever committed, every ounce of the pain of every person victimized by sin, every ounce of the guilt of every person person who's ever perpetrated sin laid on Christ at one moment in time. Him choosing to do for us what we could never have done for ourselves. Because he didn't have to, because he wanted to, because he chose to. He gave up his right to exist only as God. He gave up that right for us, for you, for me. 
And so God's word challenges us. Have this attitude in yourselves. This attitude of what? This attitude of giving up what you have a right to for the benefit of others. Maybe you have a right to rant. Maybe you have a right to lay out again your case as to why this policy or this politician or that person was wrong, is wrong, or whatever. Maybe you have that right. But does it, who, who does it help? How does it help? Because Christ had the right to not forgive our sin. He wouldn't have been guilty of anything if he would have just said, they chose to sin, they sin, they, they deal with it. He had the right to cut us loose. And he didn't. And so he challenges us to have that same attitude toward others. What do we have the right to do? Lots of things. But how will those things serve others with that same attitude that Christ had? So this week, I'm going to give you some challenges. In the book of James, it says this. Everyone should be quick to speak, slow to listen, and quick to become angry. Wait. See, you guys keep distracting me. It's all your fault. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. This is basically a scriptural principle upon which we get the statement, just because you're thinking it doesn't mean you need to say it. <laughs> okay? For human anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. So, some challenges that you can take with you this week. And in fact, after we're done, we're going to leave these up. So if you want to come up and take a picture of that screen or write them down or if you want to argue about them, I'll hang out afterward. That's fine. First question is this. Do I listen as much as I talk? I'll answer that. Not often. <laughs> Not always. Do I listen as much as I talk? Second. Is anyone actually asking for my view? The other day, somebody on Facebook actually asked for my opinion on something. It wasn't anything important. It was a piece of technology that I use. And that's it. Rarely does somebody say, well, John, what do you think of this current policy? What do you think of this situation in the news? Nobody ever says that to me. And from what I can observe, it doesn't look like most of the people ranting about anything are being asked. What if we all had to adopt the rule? I'm not going to say anything about anybody or anything else until somebody says, would you please enlighten us with your view? <laughs> now, if you get it, put it like that, nobody ever says that to me. <laughs> okay, another one, another one. Am I bringing peace to conversations and relationships? If you are, you should be able to see it. You should be able to identify it. If you could say, well, I'm bringing peace by telling the truth. Eh, okay, just because something's true doesn't mean it needs to be said. Okay? Are you bringing peace? 
is what you're bringing to the conversation, to the relationship, resulting in peace? Or is it fomenting more conflict? Lastly, whoops, I hit it too many times. Oh, now I'm messed up. Okay, good, because I almost said something I shouldn't. (laughs) Am I preventing God from blessing me as a peace bringer? You know, it would be a bummer if God would have said, you know, you were in that situation, in that conversation, and I was going, oh, I'm going to bless, I bet I'm going to get to bless him for being a peace bringer. Oh, crap. Oh, sorry. I don't know if God says that or not, but... What if God's going, oh, man, I could have, I would have. Or how often are we doing something or making a choice, and God goes, you're on your own on that one. I'm not standing next to you. It's our choice, right? So far as it depends on me, am I doing whatever I can do to be at peace, to bring peace, to make peace, with anyone and everyone. And here's the thing. For some of you, you may have been victimized by someone who dismantled peace. Or you may be in a situation where you have created or dismantled the peace and created conflict. Or you know what? There may be something going on in your life that brought you here today and it's really not even about this. I want you to know that we're here to help. This is why we're here as a church. It's been tough with all this whole COVID thing and the distancing and the masking, and but we're here. And we're here to help. We're here to serve you. Reach out. Let us know how we can help you and to serve you. That's why we're here. That's why we do this. I'm going to close this in prayer, and then we're done. You're out of here. Okay, yeah, four minutes to 12. You're out before lunch. You can give me credit for that one. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your love and forgiveness. All things that you pour into our life, top to bottom, side to side, all day, every day, so often even before we're thinking about them or asking for them or desiring them, and yet you do it anyway. And God, today the topic is peace. We need to be peace bringers. You want to bless us for bringing peace. God, I pray that you remind us throughout this coming week how we can be your servants by bringing peace to conversations, to relationships, to situations at home, at work, in our neighborhoods, wherever we're at. And that we would do this in a way that would cause people to see you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.